for us. He yeah! right here can be the biggest moment of his career. Adam Scott. Unreal. Get ready. Loosen those vocals up, Tuff. Here it comes. There we go. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. Hello and welcome to Sport for Change Episode 2. I am Aidan Clark and as always I am here with the fantastic Gus Murray. How are you Gus? Good mate, how are you? Very well, thank you. What have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? Watching a lot of sport to be yeah. honest. It's a great time of the year for sport. We've got Absolutely. the Cricket World Cup, football, um, tennis, Wimbledon's about to start as well. Cricket. Yeah, yourself. Um, yeah, mate, the same, just watching all the sport, uh, what have been some highlights sort of, um, in recent times, I feel like there's been so much on, it's hard to highlight, uh, everything. Ash Barty not being number one in the world. That's Love great. It. So good. Uh, the Aussies are doing really well in the world cup. Knocked off Could, the Kiwis. Yes. Do you see us going all the way? I, I do. I think that the Australian cricket team have this knack of, between tournaments, not playing so well, but they've just been there, done that so many times before that come the finals, um, other teams around them tend to choke a little bit, a la the English cricket team. Yep. But the Australian think, cricket team, I think I think will go all the way. Do you think they'll make the semi, England? No, I don't. No. I think Pakistan will. Okay. Um, huge game tonight with England and India, and I think if England lose that, they're all but gone, which is fantastic. Yeah, it is good. So do you think we can beat India? I know we've lost to them earlier, but... We, we did got a lose to them earlier. Um, yeah, Shikadawan won't be playing. Yeah. What about um, Bumrah? Is he injured? I think so. Side strain. Yeah. Yeah, with that swinging um, action. And Jason Beherendorf yeah. is um, he's bowling magnificently. So I think we've got all the tools right now. Absolutely. Um, and just a sort of a, a sidetrack in terms of sport, we had the big freeze, fight MND. That's right. Um, on Queen's hurt. birthday. Yep. Um, so what an amazing day and how big that's become and how great it is that everyone gets around it. And he, um, the ambassador, Neil Danaher, is just amazing mm. um, at sort of rallying troops and and getting everyone around it. And it's just such a great sort of day for football, but also yeah. for sport and the community as well. Yeah. He, um, in the week leading up, he spoke to both Collingwood and Melbourne as he always does. Mm -hmm. and I remember he was talking about his, um, his grandson who yep. must've recently been born. And he said that one thing that he wants his, to teach his grandson is the power of your attitude. Mm. Um, and one thing that MND can't, take away from him is his, um, attitude and his ability to be able to be positive. Um, it will slowly take other parts of his life away, but his attitude is the one thing that he will always be able to hold on to. And it's pretty special, pretty amazing. Like, can you imagine 
going through what he's going and still have the positivity that that man has. Yeah, I know. It's, he's amazing. And we should all sort of take a leaf out of his mm. book for, to, for him to be put in such a terrible circumstance and mm. the way that he goes about it. Mm. Uh, I think people, a lot of people can learn off him and I think that's why everyone finds him so amazing. Yeah. Um, how good was it when, just going back to the, to the world cup, how good was it when, uh, Coley told the Indian fans not to, uh, jeer or mm. boo Steve Smith. It's pretty special. It was a special moment. Um, as an Australian cricket fan, I feel like there's, uh, maybe some dislike towards Coley yep. just due to the, the knack of his competitiveness and his natural talent and his leadership roles in the sport. Uh, and he's just a great cricketer. So, uh, for him to come up against the Aussies, there could be a natural sort of hatred there almost. Yeah. But for him to do that, I thought was really special and, um, I'm definitely impressed with how he handled himself. Yeah. It's, um, and, and for him to do it when he was batting, yeah, I think he's, he's even bigger. Like if he's out in the field and he has... 10 of his teammates around him and, and he walks over to the crowd. I, I think that's one thing and, and, and special, but for him to take time away from his batting, um, where he's so mentally switched on to walk over to the Indian fans and tell them to calm down and be quiet is, is amazing. And, and as you said, we do, we do love to hate those people who are, who are great and, and almost better than us when it comes to competitive sport. But, um, it does show that there is a human side to all things and, I think what Coley was saying was that the, this guy's been to hell and back. Yep. Yes, he's stuffed up and he made a mistake, but he has, um, he's taken his punishment and now all he wants to do is play cricket, which is what he loves. And, and there is a human side to all sport, which is fantastic to see. Yeah. I just thought it was a nice touch and all class from him. Um, but also the fact that sport can be a way to bring people together. It shouldn't be a thing where, you know, there's obviously rivalries and, mm. and what have you, but, um, the way that he made sort of the fans stop booing, I just thought it was a really nice touch and sport. That's what sport's about sort of getting together. And did you fun. see in the NBA finals, there was also, and I think this went unnoticed a little bit when mm -hmm. Durant did his calf again, the second time, yep. um, Kyle Lowry actually I think all the players told the fans, fans to stop, to stop booing yeah. or cheering. Yeah. Um again, pretty amazing. That's yeah. you know, high pressure stakes. Yep. Um their best players gone down, take advantage of it. No, they they were very respectful. Yeah. Football? Have you football. played any games of football recently? No. Absolutely no, never not. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm injured, so yeah. um I haven't. But what what I did do, speaking of football, um I went and spoke to the football club. Yep. Um, upstairs on a Thursday night, we have a dinner and all the players go up there and we do team selection. And I got up in front of everyone and told my story about the battles that I've had with depression and anxiety. Um, and that was quite difficult. Um, but it was, it was by the end of it, it was really, really good. And I spoke about the sport for change and the good things that we're doing and that we plan to do with, with the events that we're holding and the podcasts. Um, but it was the first time I'd actually spoken to more than one person about what it is that, that I'd been through. Um, and it was quite rewarding at the end and I felt really good about it. Um, and it 
got a relatively good response from from the group, and and from that, I think we'll get a few people signing up for the basketball tournament that we'll have later on in the year. Um, but that's what I've been up to, which yep. was re- pretty exciting, quite nerve wracking, but it was was great to get it all out there, and um, yeah, the footy club were pretty good about it. Yeah, nice work. Um, so moving forward, yep. obviously we're trying to get teams to sign up. So October five, you all know the date. Um, if you could contact us about signing up, I reckon by the end of next week, we should have five to seven teams. I'd like to say 10. 10 and just going hard. So we're trying to get all the teams locked in so that people can start raising money. You don't yep. have to start raising money straight away, but it ju- we'd just like to set you up so that um, you have all the tools and, and you can do it in your own time. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll support everyone who wants um, help with um, raising money and whatnot, but yeah, we just want to get all teams locked in so we can start focusing on uh, other things like making the day as as good as it can be. You got a DJ set in yet or locked in yet? Uh, I've I have a DJ in mind, but okay. I think yeah, I think we'll set up at a very exciting part. Yeah, towards the end. Yeah, DMAs. What's a DMA? DMAs are a DJ group. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I only said that because I saw someone on um, Instagram last night was yeah. at their concert, so that's all good. Cool. Well, I guess that brings us to our guest. Oh, first, first, second, first or second guest? I think you're selling yourself short if okay. you don't say that you were our first guest. Second guest. I was honoured to have you on. I was honoured to have you have me on. Yeah. Uh, so, guest this week is Alex Keith. So, I used to live with him uh, in the boarding house at Melbourne Grammar. Honestly, the nicest kid you'll ever meet. Yep. Uh, he's grown into an amazing footballer and he was always an amazing talent uh, at both cricket and football, but his journey um, through sport and just his sort of experience in multiple um, sporting organi- organizations was something that um, we really wanted to speak to him about. Uh, so he's, he's playing for Adelaide at the moment, killing it, is probably in all Australian form. I'd agree. I reckon he's yep. in the conversation for sure. You uh, won the showdown medal this year. Uh, plenty of accolades um, in terms of cricket and, and AFL. Uh, just a really good guy. And we spoke to him on Friday. Uh, welcome, Keithy. How's things? No, good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Um, very excited to be on Sport for Change. Thanks so much for coming on board. Um, yeah, we've been working on this for a while and we were really excited to get you on, um, obviously because uh, we've got a little bit of history together. Uh, you and I used to um, be at Melbourne Grammar together. We lived together, um, so that was a bit of a bit of an experience, but we, we more just wanted to talk about uh, your journey through sport and basically just a little bit about you. So um, can you start by telling us what it was like going from... Shepparton all the way to the big city in Melbourne uh, at Melbourne Grammar and boarding at Melbourne Grammar what what kind of change that was yeah I grew up in uh, a little town called Kyala just outside of Shepparton so um, Golden Valley um, fruit growing uh, region and um, yeah moved down to Melbourne which was um, a big change I, I was uh, my first three years of high school were um, in uh, at Golden Valley Grammar so a high school in in the country and um yeah moved down to to boarding school with you with your good self and yep. um yes yeah, settled into settled into boarding life which um yeah was a was a massive change for me at 
um, you know, the age of, I think I was 14 or 15. So, um, yeah, it was a big change. But, um, yeah, Melbourne Grammar's a, a great school, obviously. So I was very lucky to go there. I think the first day that I walked in or when I was getting walked around, um, Tom Hawkins had just put someone through the wall. Um, so that was quite, that was quite funny. Um, but yeah, I had a great time at, at MGS, um, obviously a great school. Now at the time, uh, you were a very good sporting talent, obviously AFL and cricket being your two main sports. Um, there was a lot of media around you at the time. I remember reading about you in the paper and also couldn't believe that I was living you know, 10 feet from you. But uh, how did you go with sort of dealing with pressure like that? Like obviously a very big uh, responsibility and sort of putting extra pressure on, on just a kid who's just trying to get through high school? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, initially the, the, like my, the sporting side of things was um, probably um, secondary to my mum and uh, my parents are, were really big on the um, educational opportunities at uh, Melbourne Grammar and going to um, you know such a strong academic school, which I probably hadn't um, flourished at in, uh, <laughs> in Shepparton and hadn't really knuckled down. So um, that was probably the, the initial um, attraction of um, of going to the school. And uh, but obviously, I just I, I just love playing sport. And, um, you know, being from from Shepparton, that was always my, my major interest and. Um, whatever sport you know it may be I played a number of different sports I guess when I was um, you know uh, prior to, to moving to Melbourne and then um, yeah obviously footy and cricket were um, sort of take, took control um, once I sort of got to that age of uh, 14 or 15 and um, yeah I think initially it was probably just um, you know settling into probably a different sort of um, academic standard than I was used to and um, that that was certainly um that, that certainly took a bit of a, adjusting, and um, also like in the boarding house, as you know, it was such a such a diverse, um, you know, people from much diverse backgrounds. And um, I remember um, in our first couple of days there, obviously I, I clicked with you um, as well. But um, Big was my um, my ha- my roommate. Um, he got engaged um, the other day. He did. He <laughs> did. Yeah. For the, for the listeners out there, he's a he's a kid from um, from Thailand, and um, you know, he made this huge move. Um, you know, away from his family to, to boarding school in Melbourne and um, like a lot of kids do and um, yeah, here, here we were um, sharing a room together and um, I remember um, speaking to him about this, um, you know, a couple of years down the track and him saying how petrified he was of this um, <laughs> tall, ga- gangly kid from, yeah. from country, country Victoria and um, so that was probably the, yeah, the biggest adjusting but um, yeah, we, we sort of formed a pretty... Um, you know, unlikely sort of friendship, and um, yeah, we're we're still really close to, to today. So I think those those sorts of things, both like academic and um, you know the the different sorts of backgrounds that kids um, are from, and they all, all sort of um, come together in a boarding house was pretty pretty unique. But um, yeah, I guess from from year eleven and twelve, the sport became a bit more serious, and um, trying to balance that with um, with the schooling side of things was was definitely challenging um but yes yeah, forced me to sort of i think um you know develop my independence and um you know i was yeah i, I really had to be organized in those years to um, make sure that i kept up with the um with the school work as well as um getting around, getting around to different training commitments and um you know games on the weekends whether i was playing cricket for 
you know, Melbourne Cricket Club or school cricket or, um, you know, footy, at, uh, footy training with the Murray Bush Rangers or, you know, whatever it was, I, um, I had to sort of balance that, um, you know, later on in those, in those school years. So, Alex, obviously at a young age you were identified as a, an elite cricketer and footballer. At what stage does um, player management come into this and were you? does someone approach you? Does, does the family approach someone? Um, talk us about how the pressures of deciding who was going to look after your future in that regard um, and how that all kind of played out at such a young age. Yeah, it was... Um... Yeah, like I definitely um, had some really strong um, mentors, I guess, um, at the school. So um, guys like Greg Lockhead and um, Michael Ford and um, Ben Hainish, who were sort of involved in the cricket footy programs, um, they were really important, um, I think, and they, they sort of helped me um, with uh, making sure that, um, you know, I wasn't, um, I guess, being forced to, to do anything I didn't want to do, whether it be you know, um, the, the pressures of going to pre-season footy training during during cricket season and, and that sort of things. And it probably wasn't until I left school that I, I realised how um, valuable those those sorts of um, um, mentors were. Yeah. Um, but I also think, yeah, my, my family were um, really helpful through that sort of things. And um, probably wasn't until I was about, uh, I guess, 23 or 24 that um, I, I got a a professional sports sports manager and um, I know Angus has done some work with, with IMP and um, yeah I've got a really good relationship with, with Neil McMullen who um, oh, we went to school with his his son Ed and um, yeah he's, he's been fantastic a really really great support for me and um, yeah looks after things off field and um, you know he's become another one of those mentors who Who's really helped me along the way. So you obviously decided to go down the path of, of cricket, and um, I believe you you represented Australia in the two thousand and ten under nineteen Cricket World Cup. Is that right? Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so you played alongside the likes of um, Josh Hazelwood and Mitch Marsh. That um, that would have been quite an experience. Yeah, those yeah, as you mentioned, those guys were phenomenal junior cricketers, and um, we, we played in New Zealand, which was. We had the, you know, the the time of our life over there. We managed to um, you know play some some great cricket, but also being in a country like that, mm. we had our had our group games in in Queenstown, which is um, yeah just a, an awesome awesome place to be. So um, you know both the cricket and the, the travelling side of it was was incredible. But yeah, those players, as you say, it was a um, yeah really really special experience to to play alongside um, Josh Hazelwood and Mitch Marsh and. Um, I think there's a couple others, maybe. Jason Sanger? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. He's, he might be a bit younger than me. Yeah. Adam Zampa was was um, was there. He's obviously at the, the World Cup now. Um, Nick Badenson went on and played um, Test Cricket for Australia. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so those those sorts of players were, were elite. And, um, yeah, it was a great tournament. We were lucky enough to go along and, and win it. So it was, um, yeah, some, some great memories. Well, you've had an amazing um, sporting journey and it's been well publicised of late. Having been in so many sort of elite sporting um, organisations or being involved in, obviously we're very interested in uh, mental health and the research and education that goes behind it. Have you seen much of a change when you were there as a, at a young age and now being 
further down your career, have you noticed a change in the shift of mental health education and sort of more focus? And can you elaborate on what both cricket and AFL were doing in this space to make sure that uh, this is a, a focal point? Yeah, absolutely. First, I reckon um, the resources that both cricket and football put into um, you know, mental health and particular, particularly um, player wellbeing is, is fantastic. I think um, both... Uh, both codes have got uh, exceptional players associations that um, you know act on behalf of the players and uh, make sure that the, the sporting bodies are um, doing what's best for the players both on and off the field and I think that's an ongoing challenge where um, players are under more and more time pressure these days and um, you know as the schedules get more and more hectic I guess particularly in cricket um, the schedule is just you know, mad the way the, the guys have to travel around and, and play all year round. But, uh, you know, also in footy, I think, um, you know, there's a long pre-season and then, um, you know, the week-to-week of games during the season um, is incredibly taxing. So the, the Players Association, I think, does a, a great job. But um, I'd also say that, the you know, the clubs themselves really value it because I think there's a definitely a, a thinking, you know, a thought process out there that, um, you know, if the players are are mentally um, in a good space and, you know, getting their time away and, and you know, that balance right, then I think it, um, you know, adds to performance on the field. So um, I can only really speak in specifics at the, the Adelaide Crows and, um, you know, the Victorian Bush Rangers where I've been previously, but um, I think they both invest really, really thoroughly in, um, you know, player development managers, um, you know, sports psychologists, um, if you need that, or if, if you, um, you know, if you've got an interest in that area, um, and that that sort of, that sort of thing. Um, so I think I think it's really important. I think, um, in my experience, the the two codes have done it really well. So, Alex, I think a lot of um, people who are listening probably play park cricket or park footy, park netball, um, and everyone has their injury setbacks. How, how have you dealt with some of those injury setbacks that you've had along the journey, whether it be at you know, school, footy or cricket and, or the Bush Rangers or at Adelaide Crows? Because um, I, I can speak for myself in saying that you know, we play sport because we want to be out in the field and enjoying it with our mates and, and that sometimes the loneliest place is Tuesday night at 6.30 when it's raining and cold and you're running laps on the sideline. So how do you... Um, cope with injury setbacks and, and make sure that you're mentally fresh when those unfortunate circumstances occur. Yeah, I think um, yeah, injury setbacks are, are definitely um, difficult for players. I've um, been you know, you know reasonably lucky where I haven't had um, you know long many long term injuries that have um, you know kept me away from the game um, for any extended period of time. But um, yeah, certainly I've had. Um, you know, really down times with with form, and um, that was definitely towards the back end of my my cricket career, where I was, you know, I was trying my best to, um, you know, improve my performance, and that that just wasn't happening. So, um, you know, that was a mix of injury and um, you know my performance out on the field. So, um, I think that's just an ongoing thing where um, it's part of sport, where you know you're going to have your your good days, and you're obviously not going to um, be able to be successful all the time, but um, you know, some some of the programs that I've done through um, cricket and football have been big on teaching resilience and um, you know uh, making sure that you you um, consistent with your training and um, also getting that balance right between 
uh, on field, but also um, having avenues off field where um, you know the sport and it, it becomes more difficult when it's professional. But just knowing the balance where um, you know sport isn't isn't the be all and end all, and um, making sure that uh, your, fa- your family is a real priority and um, you know spending time with your friends or um, work experience or education outside of, of sport is uh, is really important as well. Yeah, right. Well, the last time I saw you, you were at um, at Adelaide Oval. Uh, you were uh, watching the cricket. Did you stay up last night to watch the Aussies? Yeah, I watched a, watched a bit of the Aussies last night. It was, uh, yeah, it was good to see Aaron Finch dominating again. So the Aussies are going well. We're in a really good space. It's very good to watch. But but last time I saw you, you just seemed really happy. Um, so are you just loving it up in Adelaide at the moment? <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it's yeah. good to see. It's probably it's probably because we're having a couple of mid strengths on there. Yeah, on the correct. Game. Yep. <laughs> um, no, it was. Uh, yeah, no, I am. Um, I really like Adelaide, and um, yeah, enjoyed my time at the Crows so far. So um, yeah, no, I do do like it here. It's um, pretty pretty easy sort of lifestyle, and I think Adelaide gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes, but. <laughs> Bit of a bit of a hidden gem, I reckon. So I reckon you've got the, the I, I am. I was enjoying myself a lot, but we won't go into that. It looked like you had the um the beach blonde hair going a little bit there. Have you been um going for a surf roll or indulging in the the fine waters of Adelaide? <laughs> um, no, I can't. I can't surf. I, okay. I, I've been out a few times with with um, a couple of the more accomplished surfers in the. Um, in the Adelaide Crows side, but yeah. I don't, and I've um, I don't have any peroxide in the, in the hair. If that's what you were getting at, no, um, I wasn't. I wasn't. I've been, I've been told a, a few uh, greys are protruding through, so oh, maybe, no. I, maybe I should explore that. <laughs> Now, Keithy, I just on the on the few greys, I have it on good source that you are called Grandpa around the club. Is this is this true? <laughs> No, well, I'll keep my sources close to my chest. <laughs> um, look, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, sorry for firing so many questions at you. Um, we're yeah, absolutely privileged to have you on. Um, and yeah, we wish you all the best in the future. Before we let you go, we, um, we've got a basketball tournament coming up. Would it be possible... Uh, and we'll probably hit you up later. We might try and get you down for our um, Sport for Change basketball event. So it's just on October 5. So it's 20-team round robin. We'll just try and get as many people down. It'll be a great day, lots of prizes and stuff. So um, if you were going to have some friends who would play, would you be able to call them out right now? (laughs) Um, Do you have any mates who play basketball, or are they all just... um, Mates who, who are great at footy and cricket, like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we've, um, we've definitely got some basketballers uh, at the Crows, and I, I reckon I could... Um, I think we might have to steer... Oh, we might have, have to steer look, clear from Adelaide, because um, it'll be very tough to get a clearance for five blokes from Adelaide to come play basketball oh, in the yeah. off-season. Yeah, 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 okay. All right, but, yeah, right, I'll have to... Um, I'll have to... I can't. I won't be able to name them right now. No, that's all good. That's all cool. I'll, I'll, I'll get a team together. I had a look on the on the website, so it's um yeah, great great initiative. 
moment? We've got four at the moment. Uh, we haven't really oh, gone hard yet, though. Uh, we're just going for the celebrities like yourself to start, and the then we think they'll all they'll all follow from the main there. attractions. <laughs> Big celebrities. Yeah. Uh, and what's the, the prizes? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We might upgrade that to the corporate suite actually in the Croc Media corporate suite. There's one at Adelaide Oval actually. I watched the cricket there for a little bit. It was fantastic. Yeah. Will you be on the table, Gus? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That's a bit of a a a blow. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. No, really, we really appreciate you coming on, um, doing a really good job of. I've really been a role model for children out there um, and we really love the way that you're going about at Adelaide Oval and hopefully you don't beat the Cats this weekend down at Geelong. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Thanks, guys. Great, great initiative. Jeez, it was really good to have Alex on. Um, obviously, him giving us his time, especially before heading down to Geelong to go yeah. play footy. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciated that and and what a great talent, what a great man he is. That was good, and and we have to a small apology for the sound quality that was recorded on our phones yeah. when Keithy called in because we had a bit of a disruption this week. We did, we did, um, a little bit of a fire. Yes, fire, Croc Media. We won't go into the details. Um, however, yeah, we weren't able to record in our studio, so sorry for the sound quality. Uh, we'll try and pick it up as we go. Uh, we should be back in the studio next week. Correct, and. Our next guest we have planned is a young fella from the Caulfield Grammarians Football Club, um, someone who I have built a friendship with, and he has a really interesting story um, around troubles that he has gone through and how sport has been able to help him and um, the support network that football club, our football club has given. So tune in for that one. And on that topic, if you or anyone you know would love to tell your or their story, please let us know. Um, The more guests, the better. Um, And the more we speak about this issue, the better it is for everyone. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Aidan. I've had a great time, as always, and I look forward to next week. Brilliant.